Experience the feeling of powder floating up to your goggles. Take in a sweeping panoramic view from atop a mountain ridgeline. Feel the thrill of laying an edge on perfect corduroy and arcing a sweeping turn. Relax in front of a crackling fireplace at the end of a great day on the mountain. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective, the podcast series that takes you on a journey to the dream destinations included on the Mountain Collective Pass. Each episode will take you on a collective trek, visiting two or more resorts, giving you local insights into how to maximize your Mountain Collective Pass and to explore some of the sport's most exhilarating destinations. Check it out today at mountaincollective.com. Now join us on a collective trek with our local guides on Inside the Mountain Collective. Imagine the early sunrise painting a portrait over towering alpine peaks, deep snowfall blanketing the high mountain bowls. When you think of wide open spaces, you're drawn to the northern Rockies in the great expanse of the American West. From Wyoming's towering Grand Teton up through Yellowstone National Park to Montana's Lone Peak standing sentinel over the Gallatin River, these are some of the most breathtaking mountain landscapes in the world. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, ready to take you on a collective trek to some of the world's greatest ski resorts. Today, we'll take you to places I know you've dreamed about and seen in the ski films. Our collective trek will bring us through Wyoming, Idaho, Montana to mountain resorts that will captivate you with beauty and provide endless opportunities from rolling groomers to wide open snowballs above treeline to challenging shoots. We'll begin our collective trek at Jackson Hole, one of the world's most spectacular mountain resorts. You can fly into Salt Lake City or you can fly direct to Jackson to begin your journey. Local ski hero Veronica Paulson will be our guide at Jackson Hole. Then it's on to nearby Grand Targhee, offering you similar terrain, a small town vibe, and an impressive look at the Grand Teton. Our mountain guide there will be Targhee native Olympic mogul skier Jalen Kauf. And finally, we'll take a spectacular drive up to Big Sky, Montana, where Warren Miller film star Dan Egan will guide us on a tour of his adopted mountain. As always, you can maximize your value by putting the respective trail maps up on your screen to follow along with our Mountain Collective guides here on the podcast. To kick it off, let's head to Jackson Hole. From the fabled Corbett's Cool Wah to the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar in the town of Jackson, this is truly a bucket list resort experience for any skier or rider. Our guide for the start of our collective trek is none other than the queen of Corbett's Cool Wah, big mountain skier extraordinaire, Veronica Paulson. We have an amazing episode of Inside the Mountain Collective coming up here. We're going to kick it off in just a minute with Veronica Paulson from Jackson. But this episode is going to take you from Jackson Hole to Grand Targhee and up to Big Sky. This is amazing ski country. And uh, Veronica, I want to welcome you to Inside the Mountain Collective. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. You, you, you have like the dream job. You know, you're, you're living in Jackson. You can ski places like Targhee. I mean, just to, before we get to talk about Jackson, just what is this whole area like in having great resorts like Jackson and Targhee so close together? I mean, it's world class. This area is kind of the mecca of big mountain skiing. So anybody who 
wants to be a professional skier, push their skiing, they usually come to Jackson. So those are the kind of skiers you're going to see on the mountain. When you, I know you grew up in the, the Bay Area in California. When you moved to Jackson, what was that? What was that allure of the mountain? What was the thing that really was magical to you in moving to town? Oh yeah, I mean the energy there, it's palpable. It was everyone, I was working at restaurants and the busboys, the servers, the bartenders, everyone is there only to ski and to to see what they can do. So that's what I wanted to be a part of is I wanted to push my skiing and see what I could do. Now you grew up in Tiburon, California, the home of Johnny Mosley, who actually uh, was our guest on Inside the Mountain Collective talking about Palisades Tahoe this year. But talk a little bit about growing up on a big mountain like Palisades Tahoe. Yeah, I that's where I got my love of skiing. And we had a similar uh, culture there with people pushing themselves to skiing and being part of the freestyle team. Those are my best friends in the whole world. And we obviously had a lot of good um, skiers to look up to. We had Johnny Mosley, Shelly Robertson, Shane McConkie. Um, yeah, that's, I think, where it all started for me. And, you know, what did what was it about it? I, I know friends are a really big thing, but when you're up on a mountain like that, what's the feeling and what's the sensation that you get? And I know you had it at Palisades Tahoe and you have it today at Jackson, but what's that feeling like up on the mountain? I mean, it's the, it's the best feeling in the world. You're up on the mountain with hardly anyone else out there. You've got, you know, the world at your fingertips, the blank ca- canvas of snow below you and... I don't know. That's why, that's why we all do it for that feeling. So you decided to make uh, skiing your passion, your profession, even you're living in Jackson, uh, you're working odd jobs there. What was it that you did to really put yourself on the map as a big mountain skier? Well, I got my big break uh, during the Kings and Queens of Corbett's competition. The first year I was lucky enough to be invited and I wanted to make a splash. So I went for the backflip. Um, the first couple years, I didn't make it, but I stuck with it. In the third year, I stomped it and I skied away. And I became the first female to ever land a backflip into Corbett's Couloir. Tell us a little bit about Corbett's Couloir. This is one of those runs that every expert skier wants to do in his or her lifetime at Jackson Hole. But what's it like? It is so fun. It's one of my favorite runs at Jackson. I mean, every day that it's open, when you pull up there, there's a line of people watching. So you already have your audience. Um, the first part of the couloir is this really hairy turn and you can kind of jump into it. You can skip the goat path and you can huck over it, or you can try to do this really icy goat path turn, or you can get creative on the sides. But as soon as you make it through that top section, it is usually perfect snow all the way to the bottom. And what's the ability level? So if I'm coming out there with my mountain collective pass, uh, what's my ability level to be able to navigate uh, uh, Corbett's? Corbett's Coolbar is pretty extreme. Um, I would recommend taking a look and trying some of our other Black Diamond runs before you try Corbett's Coolbar and make sure you're all good. Um, but, you know, that being said, I've fallen into Corvus Couloir many times, so uh, you won't be the first. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure of that, and I have witnessed that myself. Let's talk about the overall vibe of the mountain. You know, you come into Jackson, you've got the Grand Teton there, you've got the Cowboy Bar and everything. What is the vibe of the community and of the mountain when you come into this amazing Wyoming town? Yeah, it's really special. We kind of have this mix of the cowboy rancher Wyoming culture 
and the hardcore extreme skiers. And then beyond that, we have like really intense mountaineer skiers that are trying to make it to the top of the Tetons. Um, so all that coming together, it's, it makes for a pretty unique feel in the town. What does it look like when you come into town? Can you kind of paint a visual picture for us of, of that look with the Grand Teton towering over everything? Oh, yeah. Well, if you're flying into Jackson, the first thing you're going to see if you look out your plane window is the Grand Teton. It's a beautiful airport. Um, you can see the whole mountain range there. As you're driving out, you're going to see this sign, um, this old wooden sign that says, Yonder is Jackson Hole, Laths of the Old West. Um, love that sign. And then coming into town, the first thing you're going to notice is probably this neon sign of a cowboy riding a bull, and that's the cowboy bar, and that's where you're going to see all your friends after skiing. You know, one of my favorite spots in Jackson, too, is the Elk Refuge uh, north of town, where, you know, you're right on the edge of uh, uh, the park, and you have, what, hundreds of elk out there sometimes. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, you're going to see elk running around there. You'll see the elk rides. Uh, You can actually take an elk ride and go through there. Um, And it's just wide open space. There's no development there, so it's great. Yeah, it is Wyoming. Let's let's take a mountain tour, and I urge our listeners to – Pause things. Go to a web, go to the website and get the Jackson Hole map up on your screen so you can follow along. But uh, so Veronica, I'm out there for the first day. I've just flown in. I'm about to do my six or eight day collective trek adventure. Where are you going to take me up in the mountain that first day? Well, um, our mountain kind of when you're looking at it gets a little harder when you move right to left. So if you want to warm up, I would start over on the lookers right side. You have Après Vu lift, um, which is a lot of groomers, um, a lot of steep uh, blue square groomers. So you can start there and kind of work your way over as you feel comfortable. Yeah, it's. I'm looking at the map right now, and I know this area a little bit, and uh, it is a really good spot to warm up. So as you make your way over to the left, you know, where's a good place to warm up? Maybe the next level up before you start to uh, attack some of the really big double black stuff. Yeah, the next one um, I would say is actually the next one right next to Apre Vu is Teton Chair, and that's a new chair. It was. I think it was five years ago, um, but they've got some steeper groomers and you can start to get into the bumps over there and it's a short lift. So you can take a lot of laps to warm yourself up. Okay. So now we want to get into the real steep stuff. Where are you going to take <laughs> us now? Thunder and Sublet are our pride and glories. They're the, my favorite chairs. Um, Thunder right under the lift. One of my favorite runs is Tower 3 Shoot. That's actually kind of a good warm up for Corbett's too, if you're if you've got your sights set on that. So how do we get up to Corbett's? Corbett's is up right off the very top of the mountain. How do we get up there, and what can we expect? So that one you're going to have to go all the way back to the bottom and take the tram all the way up, and you do a little bit of the rendezvous bowl, rendezvous bowl, um, and you're going to want to stay on skiers left. And you'll probably see a lot of people there, so you'll know that it's Corvettes. <laughs> so a lot of folks go up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it's a big powder day, you've ditched your friends, and you're just up to have a good time for yourself up on the mountain. What's a what's your morning going to look like? I am going to as quickly as possible make it to the upper mountain, 
and then I'm going to stay there. I'm going to, I'm going to be lapping sublet chair, um, and getting as many laps as I can, can. Yeah. I'm just looking at this now and I'm also imagining the views as you look out to Grand Teton National Park. What is the view like if you go up to Corbett's cabin at the top of the tram? Give us an idea of that panoramic vista that you see on a clear blue day. Oh yeah. It's incredible. When you're taking the tram up, you are squeezed in a hundred people, um, probably can't see anything. And as you get off of the tram dock, if you look to your right, you can see just the tip of the Grand Teton. And as you walk out to Corbett's cabin on the other side, you can see Cody Bowl and all of our backcountry skiing over there. So I want to talk about Opre at the end of the uh, end of the day. Now, Jackson Hole is a little bit of a distance outside of Jackson, and we're going to talk about the town of Jackson in a minute. But at the mountain itself, what are some of your favorite spots to go at the end of a good ski day? My favorite spot is the Mangy Moose. Uh, that has a special place in my heart because I used to work there. Um, but they make a great spicy margarita. There's live music every night. It's the best spot to go. How about in town? When you head back to town for the evening, uh, what's a good spot for you? Um, I mentioned the Cowboy Bar earlier. That's a good one. They have pool tables. They usually have a country band playing if you like country. And who doesn't? Dancing. It's a fun time. <laughs> you know, you're in Wyoming. You got to love country music. Uh, you have given us a great introduction to the mountain at Jackson Hole. And I want to close out this segment of the podcast with what we call collective dreams. Some of your favorite things. We've touched on a few of them, but let's isolate on a few favorite things for you. Your favorite groomer run. I know that you love to throw it down into Corbett's, but if you want to go out and just rip some big GS terms, turns, what's your favorite groomer up in the mountain? at Jackson Hole? Um, GV, it's top to bottom from the Gandhi all the way to the bottom, and you can just rip that. About how long is that? Oh, I don't know, actually. It's got to be at least a mile or two. Pretty good long run, though? Oh, yeah. And your favorite steep, if you had to pick one steep run or shoot at Jackson, what's it going to be? Tower 3 under... Thunderlift. I like skiing right under the lift. I get it, like getting the hoots and the hollers, and it's really steep. It's really fun. That's pretty cool. So you like to get the hoots and the hollers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you need to take a break up in the mountain, what's your favorite spot to just uh, chill out for 20 minutes on the mountain? Probably Corbett's Cabin. They have waffles up there. That If you get the Nutella waffle with whipped cream, that's my favorite. So you can get a waffle at the top of the mountain? Oh, yeah. They've got lots of different flavors. They have peanut butter bacon, they have Nutella, they have lemon and sugar. And that's going to get you totally motivated to drop into Corbett's Cool Wow, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Or it's going to sit in your gut. <laughs> How about a favorite opera spot? If you were to pick one, you talked about the Mangy Moose, the Cowboy Bar. If you had to pick one, what's your favorite go-to spot? Uh, I like the Mangy Moose. I like sticking around the mountain. Yeah, it's nice to go in there, a place that you used to work, and know that uh, you don't have to work today. You've been up on the mountain, right? Right, exactly. And what's a what's a great night out in Jackson? So you're going to go to town. What's a great night out for dinner? Oh, for dinner. Um, the local bar is right next to the Cowboy Bar, and um, they have a great burger deal if you sit at the bar, and then you can just walk next door and hit the Cowboy Bar. Cool. And then lastly, and this is a tough one, I know, if you had to describe your Jackson Hole feeling, what it means to you in just one word— What's one word to describe what Jackson Hole means to you? Oof. Um, 
I want to say extreme, just because everyone there wants to take it to the extreme. That's why we're there. Awesome. Veronica, if uh, some of our listeners uh, head out there and they see you on the mountain, will you show them around a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Give me a holler. Right on. Veronica Paulson, thank you for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective and introducing us to Jackson Hole. Thanks to Veronica for guiding us through the first stage of our collective trek. Next, it's just a short drive from Jackson Hole over Teton Pass, up through Idaho's Teton Valley, and then dropping back into Wyoming for a stunning new look at the Grand Teton from the west. The small towns of Driggs and Alta provide a special ski town vibe at Targhee. You can stay literally on the mountain at Grand Targhee Resort, or you can find lodging down in town. Grand Targhee just has this special feel, a towering mountain with a wide range of terrain that you'll feel like you have all to yourself. Our mountain guide today is Olympic mogul skier Jalen Kauf. Growing up with pro skier parents, she spent her childhood on the flanks of Grand Targhee, soaking in the view of the Tetons before ripping it down the mountain. Get your trail map ready as Jalen Kauf takes you on a fun tour of her mountain, Grand Targhee Resort. What a great time we had with that mountain tour in Jackson with Veronica Paulson. We're going to move about an hour and a half away now to Grand Targhee. And with us today to give us the insight on this amazing mountain is Jalen Kauf. And Jalen, thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, uh, we're going to talk about your background in just a bit, but just to give the listeners a sense, you grew up in Alta, Wyoming, right at the uh, base, uh, literally, of uh, Grand Targhee. But in this episode, we're talking about Jackson Hole, Grand Targhee, and Big Sky. I mean, these are three really remarkable mountains. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a pretty spectacular place to grow up. Um, being in Targhee, like we'd always take you know, ski trips pop over to Jackson for a day or up to Big Sky for a weekend. And, you know, it's a lot of pretty incredible skiing in that area. Jalen, you grew up uh, with parents who were big mountain skiers and mogul skiers, and you yourself have grown up as a mogul skier. You were an Olympian in Pyeongchang in 2018. How did you make that transition from just skiing around a mountain to uh, putting putting into a uh, putting it into a career and in, in skiing the bumps? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think that like growing up at at Targi, I just, it was always a family affair, you know, chasing my brother and my parents around. And I just learned to love being in the mountains and love being on snow. And, you know, that's what's gotten me to where I am today. And that's what's, you know, that passion is what's kind of um, captivated me throughout my career and pushed me to where I am. Targhee is a really interesting place. Uh, there's really no metropolitan area anywhere around there. So it's kind of, you have a little bit of a private mountain growing up in, in Alta, uh, right next to Driggs. Uh, but what's that vibe on the mountain overall uh, at a place like Grand Targhee? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I definitely thought I owned the place. Um, me and my brother definitely thought that we ran the show up there. Um but it's, I mean, it's a small town. It's a, it's a really local area. Um, it's kind of unique, I think, nowadays with ski resorts that it, it's a, you know, old school, old school ski resort where everyone knows everybody. Um, it's a family place. It's, you know, deeply rooted in the community and, 
you know, just a love for the mountains and being out there. Yeah, it's it's really fun to get back to that. And I think skiing has grown so much, particularly over the last decade, that you know, you look for those places that you can go and kind of experience that that old small town feeling. Uh so Let's let's go up onto the mountain, and I'd love to have you take us on a little mountain tour. If if I'm coming into town with my mountain collective pass, I'm doing this collective trek, and I've just spent a couple of days at Jackson, and you're going to take me up on Grand Targhee. What's that first day going to look like? Where are you going to take us up on the mountain? So first day, first run, we'd go up right from the base on the main lift there on Dreamcatcher, um, and when we get to the top. I mean, either you split off the lift either way and you get a pretty incredible view of the Tetons. Um, probably like nothing you've ever seen before. Of just standing on the top of the mountain and the, the Teton range is just right up in your face and it looks massive. Um, and that's always my favorite thing to show people to start off the ski day. Um, and then probably traverse down... Um, the good over into chief Joe bull and over to the Blackfoot lift. Um, and there's some pretty good powder stashes over in the kind of North boundary there, like lost warrior area, um, which is a fun little, yeah, powder stash area. Um, always can find the goods over there. Um, and then probably head back through chief Joe bull back to Dreamcatcher. Um, Maybe ski down like Alley Loop Alley, Eyeball Forest with some kids um, down on Shoshone. Um, and then maybe pop into, you know, the snorkels, get a hot chocolate midday, warm up your toes and your fingers, and then head on over to the other side of the mountain, the Sacagawea Ski Lightning Ridge. Um, and that's pretty much your your hidden the whole mountain skiing edge to edge with that. Tell me about snorkels. That sounds interesting. Uh, that's the little cafe in the base area. Uh, I basically grew up on the hot chocolate in there. Maybe the whipped cream. I always had more whipped cream than hot chocolate. <laughs> it's always about the whipped cream. I, I want to go back to the top of the mountain and just talk about that view for a little bit. I think a lot of us, if we've been in the summertime up to the Grand Tetons and up to Yellowstone National Park, that view from the east side looking to the Tetons westward is is kind of what a lot of people have in their minds. You're on the western side of the Tetons and really a, a, a little tucked away location, but that view really is quite stunning. I mean, you you can see the Grand Teton, Middle Teton, all the way over to Mount Moran. Uh, tell us a little more about, you know, what does that feel like to stand at the top of Fred's Mountain and look back on the Tetons to the east? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we have the better view of the Tetons from our side. <laughs> um, it's a little less jagged, but I mean, the the peaks are just so distinct and smooth and um I mean, it just really, standing there at the top of Fred's really makes you realize how big and vast those mountains really are. Now, you don't have a lot of chairlifts uh, at, at Grand Targhee, somewhat of a small uh, resort, but it packs a lot of wallop, doesn't it? I mean, you've got a lot of options to ski. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you come there for two days with the Mountain Collective and you, you can probably ski the whole mountain 
Um, but it never gets old. I mean, there's, there's so much terrain and such a wide variety of terrain from, you know, the family friendly kid parts of the mountains and you can easily hike up, um, on peak it and access, um, you know, reliable and Bobcat and get some pretty good vertical and, and more extreme skiing on that part of the mountain. Do they have snow cats skiing over there as well? Yeah. So they have, um, a snow cat operation over on peak it, um, which I also grew up on. My dad ran that for a little bit and, um, it's pretty hard to beat. I mean, you're getting basically endless powder out there. Um, can get some pretty good views of the Tetons and it's a pretty cool experience. So when there was an extra seat in the snowcat that day, did he say, Hey Jalen, we're going cat skiing today? (laughs) Yeah. My brother and I would always jump on that opportunity whenever we could. And then I'd crawl up in the cab and take a little nap as we ventured up to the top. (laughs) Love it. Uh, for, for those, for those coming up, uh, what is that hike like to get from the top of the lift, uh, up to some good drop in points? Um, so there's kind of two ways you can go about it. You can go from, um, the top of Dreamcatcher and traverse over to Mary's. Um, and it's maybe a, anywhere from a 15 to 30 minute hike, depending on where you want to go up to the top of Pekin. Um, and you can also access that Pekin terrain from um, the top of Sacagawea. You can hike up to, you know, Toilet Bowl or Reliable from there. What's the hike like from the top of uh, Sacagawea? Um, it's pretty mellow. I mean, you'd, you'd, you wouldn't want to hike all the way up to Bobcat to the top of Pekin from there, just because it's easier to access from the dream catcher lift, but you know, to hike up to toilet bowl is, is maybe a 10 minute hike. So if, if I want to just, uh, rock some groomers and just, you know, carve some nice GS turns, what are some good spots in the mountain for me to do that? Um, some of my favorites are probably just, it'd be skiers left of the top of dream catcher. Um, wild willies is just a awesome bomber down to the base um or you can take if you take the ridge down to um like big thunder down at the end there um that's a really awesome like long groomer right to the base of Dreamcatcher. did uh, when you and your brother were young and you're ripping around the mountain did the patrol ever like pull you aside and tell you to slow down <laughs> uh no <laughs> I don't think so. We knew him too well, I think. So <laughs> they knew that at the end of the day you were in control, right? Exactly. Yeah. We were we were typically first ones on, last ones off the hill. So So at the at the end of a great ski day, you come down to the base. What are some of your uh hot spots in the in the village down below? Um, I mean the trap bar up at the resort is definitely the spot to go up there. Um you know, get a local beer and, and the nachos there are pretty hard to beat after a day of skiing. Um, and then, I mean, you head down into town, there's, you know, Yeti's has donuts, which is a really great after skiing snack. Um, and there's some really great restaurants in town, you know, Citizen 33 is a local brewery. 
um, Forage Bistro um, has really awesome food. Tatanka is a pizza restaurant, which is delicious. And, and Teton Thai is my personal fave. And, and Alta and Driggs, how far are they from the resort? Um, so Alta is probably 10, 15 minutes from the base area driving down. And then Driggs is eight miles from there. Well, this has been a great tour of Grand Targhee. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, uh, I want to move now to this closing section that we do with all of our guests here on Inside the Mountain Collective, and it is called Collective Dreams. And here we're going to talk about maybe some of your favorites things, some of the things we may have chatted about already, but just to kind of index some of the great things that we've got at Grand Targhee. But uh, if you were to pick your favorite Black Diamond run, that one that you just love to go to to show off a little bit and really test your skills, what's your favorite Black Diamond run on the mountain at Grand Targhee? Uh, my favorite Black Diamond would probably be in the medicines, probably the good um, off the ridge there. And that's, I mean, I grew up on that run. That's where there are a few little bumps at the bottom there that my brother and I would train on. Uh, so it's definitely, definitely a favorite. So what do you think about when you're just about ready to drop into a run like that? Uh, do you need to fire yourself up a little bit to get motivated? Uh, I mean, what's going through your mind before you drop in? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty mellow. There's like a fun little, you know, you can kind of take it however you want. There's, there's a ton of options with that run, whether you want just a powder shot down the middle, maybe a little bumps at the bottom or... You know, you can pop into the trees on the side. So you work your way down down the ridge. You can go a little and bigger and bigger off the the edge of the ridge down down into the bowl. Um, but it, I mean, it's just a playground in there, and that's what I love about it. Love it. How about your favorite groomer? When you just want to really rip some high speed GS turns, what's your favorite run? Um, I think my favorite groomer is Wild Willies. It just, I mean, it's steep and pretty long, kind of right next to the chair, so you can, you know, wave or show off to all your friends on the lift. <laughs> now, you're, you're one of the best mogul skiers in the world, and you've grown up on one of the really cool big mountains in the, in the West. Uh, but are groomers fun for you? I mean, do you like to, to kind of rip it once in a while on a nice blue groomer? Oh, yeah. I love groomers. I mean... Yeah, I feel like a good groomer is hard to beat, and it's I love going fast, so. Love it. How about your favorite midday break on the mountain? Where do you like to go? Um, I think, like I said with my mountain tour earlier, I mean, my, my break would definitely be in snorkels with a little hot cocoa. With a lot of whipped cream, right? Yeah. A lot and of whipped cream. cream with a little cocoa in it. <laughs> How about your favorite pizza stop favorite pizza place at the mountain or down in town um my favorite pizza place would be down in town at tatanka uh, they have really good pizza there what's your favorite uh, menu item there um i mean i'm a sucker for just a classic margarita pizza so <laughs> maybe a little regular on top sounds good and do you have a favorite local craft beer um, there's a lot of really good local beer. I mean, between the Jackson and, and Drig side of the Tetons, there's tons of local beers. I love Roadhouse Brewing. 
they're probably my favorite. But I mean, Citizen 33 and Driggs is they've got really good beers there too. Sounds good. Yeah, Roadhouse uh, is out of Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Okay, and then finally, and this is one that really uh, a lot of people stumble on, but if you had to pick one word, one word to describe what Grand Targi means to you, what would that one word be? Um, I mean, that's that's definitely a tough one, but I feel like I'd have to go with home. Um, I mean, that's where I grew up, like the mountains, the people, you know, they all, like, that's where I grew up, and they all had a hand in in raising me and shaping me into who I am and my love for being in the snow and in skiing itself. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a big family up there with a, with a lot of legends. I think anybody who comes up to Grand Targhee with their mountain collective pass is going to get a sense of feeling like they're at home. Jalen Kauf, thank you so much for taking a break from your uh, moguls skiing training <laughs> programs. And I appreciate you joining us here on Inside the Mountain Collective. Yeah, thank you so much. I love talking about Targi. <laughs> We've had a great time at Targi, and we are now off to meet up with Dan Egan up at Big Sky. Stay tuned for more here on Inside the Mountain Collective. It's been fun to track Jalen's career as a professional skier. And while she travels the world for her sport, I know she loves being back home at Grand Targi. After a couple days at Grand Targi Resort, it's time to head up to Big Sky, Montana. When you plan this collective trek, make sure you add in a day for the spectacular drive up to Big Sky. You'll continue north through Idaho's Teton Valley, passing Island Park, and on to West Yellowstone, Montana, the gateway to Yellowstone National Park. From there, the scenery goes into overdrive as you head up through the Gallatin River Valley to Big Sky, about a three-hour drive from Targi all the way up to Big Sky Resort. Our mountain guide is well-known from his starring roles in Warren Miller's ski films. Dan Egan and his brother John are legendary, both members of the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Hall of Fame. Dan is a native of New Hampshire who has found his way to mountains in virtually every nook and cranny of the planet. You can read about it in his new book, 30 Years in a White Haze. Somehow this New England native has found a home at Big Sky, and I'm not surprised really. He'll lead you to every corner of the mountain and to the top of its peaks. Now let's buckle in, zip up the park, and head up the mountain with Dan Egan as we explore Big Sky. We have had a great journey from Jackson Hole to Grand Targi, and we're going to wrap it up today up at Big Sky. And this is a big mountain. And to give us a little bit of a mountain tour, my pleasure to introduce one of the biggest names in big mountain skiing, Dan Egan. And Dan, thanks for joining us in Inside the Mountain Collective. Yay, Tom. Great to, great to be with you. So I got to ask you first, how did a kid from New Hampshire end up at Big Sky? Um, Tom, in the 80s, we we ended up uh, going to Big Sky. We drove up that mountain road and we saw Lone Peak and we were sold. I mean, when you come up and you, you're staring at that, that massive summit and you, it just brings you right to Europe, uh, there's nothing really like it. And we knew right then that we would make Big Sky a, a regular on the stop. And it has been for decades now. It's so overwhelming and so beautiful. You've had quite a career skiing big mountains all over the world. You've been the star of Warren Miller films and and many others. Uh, was it a film trip that actually took you initially out to Big Sky? 
It was. We were uh, on our way. We were filming uh, and we were heading up to Fernie, British Columbia, and we decided we should stop in Big Sky and do a segment. And we called up and said we were the Warren Miller film crew and they opened up the doors to the Huntley and we camped out for a week. We had an amazing time. Amazing. What an experience. Now, before we get into talking about Big Sky, which is your primary base right now, uh, we've been to Jackson Hole and we've been to Grand Targhee on this episode. You've skied both of them many times, had a, uh, I would say, a nearly life-changing experience at Grand Targhee. But uh, this combination of three mountains is really unlike any other. And with a mountain collective pass, you get two days at each one of them. Can you kind of talk about this whole region and what it offers for skiers and riders? I don't think there's any better re region, Tom. You know, we are talking about iconic resorts, uh, Jackson Hole, you know, with the massive tram and, of course, Corbett's Coulard and all that uh, the Hobacks have to offer. It's overwhelming uh, what to ski there. And then you have one of the greatest, smallest gems in the country in Grand Targhee. Uh, where on a powder day, you can still enjoy powder long into the day and often days afterwards. Uh, I always say that Grand Targhee skis like a basketball. It starts off gentle and then just kind of rolls away and then flattens out at the bottom. It's an amazing experience. And of course, Big Sky right up the road. All of those are within a day, less than a day's drive of one another. And it, that makes it amazing alone, alone. But when you talk about Western culture and you go into Jackson Hole and Jackson, Wyoming, you feel like you're in the West. And when you're skiing around that ski hill, you know you're surrounded by great skiers. When you pop over the pass and go to Grand Targhee, you know you've discovered something you haven't quite seen before. It's all locals and people are friendly and you're skiing powder. And then you pop up the big sky and you're kind of blown away. So the combination of that shouldn't be missed. You know, a lot of us who, who ski and ride, we live vicariously through what you've done in the films. You've now documented it in your book, 30 Years in a White Haze. Uh, so everything is now chronicled, all of these amazing stories. Oh, it's, it's, it was quite a journey to put the book out. Uh, emotional for me to put down all those stories and all of our adventures. And of course, Grand Targhee is one of the centerpieces of the book because that's where the cornice broke in uh, for Warren's film, Extreme Winter, where John and I were skiing down Mary's and the cornice broke away. And John made the hand of God turn when he turned in midair and came back to the mountain. If anybody has not seen that, go uh, Google it, look around YouTube, you can find it. It is truly a remarkable piece of video. Let's get back to Big Sky now. And before we get up on the mountain and do a tour, can you kind of characterize what the vibe is on the mountain? What is the heritage of it that has made it such a great resort? Well, you know, Big Sky is that resort that everybody talks about, but not many have been to. Uh, it's sort of when people talk about Big Sky, it's one day I want to go. And so when you get there, you're really excited. And what you feel right away is that we're a family-owned resort. Uh, you know, the Kirchers and Boyne have kept it a family-owned resort, and it feels that way. When you enter into the, the meadow and you see the really relatively small developments that's gone on there, you see that the valley is untouched. And then you drive up that mountain road, and all the time you're staring at Lone Peak. And, you know, it's that sort of big mountain, small ski area feel you, when you boot up in the parking lot and you just walk over to the lifts and then your mind is blown about all the terrain that we have to offer. There's like what, almost 6,000 acres? 
it's 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 unbelievable how much skiing you can do there you know from the farthest lookers right from moonlight basin all the way to farthest lookers left uh on the bottom of down lone peak uh in the Shedhorn area it's countless runs and for me you know once you start to ski it and figure it out there's always a nook and cranny just waiting for you to uh, ski the trees or some creamy windblown snow as with all of our segments here on Inside the Mountain Collective, I urge listeners to go to the website, in this case, BigSkyResort.com, get the trail map, get it in front of you as Dan takes us on a little mountain tour. So, Dan, if I'm coming out with my Mountain Collective Pass, you're going to take me up on the mountain that first day. What's that experience going to be like and where are you going to take me? Well, once I get into the base... Uh, you've right now you you're looking at two of the newest lifts in the country. Uh, to the left, the Ram Charger is a is an eight pack, uh, and our new Swift Current is a six pack. Both are brand new lifts within the last few years. Uh, the Swift Current is new this season, and what I do is I hop right up Ram Charger. I take the eight pack right up to the top, and I open up on some beautiful groomers, uh, and either drop down to Thunderwolf or come back down to the base area. Then after a few warm-up runs, I boogie up Swifty, and there I have everything I want. I can drop into one of the ridges and ski a powder run. I can ski a nice long groomer back to the base, or I can pop over to Powder Seeker and rip the bowl. And once you start to do this, you're seeing the expansive terrain just unfold in front of you. You know, just looking at the trail map right now, I had to scroll over to the left. There's just so much terrain here. So after you've had those warm-up runs, and we're out here with Dan Egan now, and I've, I've come in from the East Coast, and this is my big experience of the year. I want to have some of that really double black or triple black diamond experiences. Where are we going next, Dan? Well, once you get up and you go into the uh, a powder seeker, which is a six-pack lift, and you ski the bowl, now you start to see your options. You can either hop on the Lone Mountain, Lone Peak Tramway, which only holds 15 people and drops you off right at the summit and ski some of our classic runs, whether it's Liberty Bowl or Marks or Lennon, uh, which are really long, sustainable, beautiful uh, slopes. Or you just simply get off Swifty and go around the corner and head up Challenger. And off of the Challenger lift, you have some unbelievable skiing above tree lines, which drops you into eventually the trees. Here, we always have beautiful windblown snow. And then you can drop down and head towards moonlight and ski the, ski the six-shooter or, of course, the, the classic Lone Tree uh, lift. I want to come back to, uh, uh, is it Moonlight? Sorry. Moonlight. I want to come back to Moonlight in just a second here, but let's go back over to Lone Mountain. Now, this is me as a skier. I tend to stand a lot at the top. Part of it is like getting up the courage to drop the tips in, but part of it too is just to absorb the scenery. I'm out there to ski, but I also want to soak in all of this Rocky Mountain flavor. What are the views like from the top? I mean, it's worth going up alone. A lot of people go up the tram uh, not to ski, just to, just for the view. It's an unbelievable view. Uh, of course, you can see all the way to the Tetons and beyond. Um, and you're just standing on top of the peak, not on the side of it, but at the actual summit. And it's a 360 degree view uh, of some of the most unbelievable valleys uh, and peaks that you can imagine. And when you're up there, you know, for me, it's always a breath of fresh air. You know, again, 
there's only 15 people in the tram. So when you get out there, you have this experience of one, looking at the view without a big crowd. And two, once you start to ski, you're not being passed or skied over by a bunch of skiers. People are spread out. And one thing in the lower 48, to have an experience of skiing a big peak with just you and your friends, it's a pretty rare experience these days and one that shouldn't be missed. How about Moonlight Basin? Give us a little bit more info there. Well, I love Moonlight. You know, uh, the Madison Base area is great. They've got a nice yurt over there for lunch and for booting up. They have their own parking area. Um, but when you're in, when you're over in Moonlight, what you're experiencing really is some of the best tree skiing in North America. You have beautiful long groomers, and in between all those groomers are outrageous uh, gladed runs. Uh, they're very, very challenging, and for me. On a powder day, you hop over there and you can just soak that up all day long. So again, I'm out here from the East Coast or the West Coast. This is my big mountain ski experience. I'm a pretty good skier, but what tips would you give someone uh, as they start to move their way up to this double black and triple black terrain? Any tips you can give them on how to ski that and really enjoy the experience? Yeah, of course, you know, with all, whenever I go to a local, a new place or a place I haven't been in a while, I talk to people. So at Big Sky, talk to the lifties, talk to the patrol, talk to the ski school. We're very happy to share the conditions of the day and of the week. Um, Big Sky is known for windblown snow. We, at Big Sky, we get snow a little bit each night, and then we have the beautiful refresh from the wind. And so if you can tap into somebody and find out where these veins of, of cream are, it really changes your experience. When you drop off of, you know, whether it's up, up off of uh, moonlight or, or you're skiing the summit, you know, our couloirs and our steeps off, often are exposed terrain. So it's not, you don't want to just go crazy and rip it. Uh, on your first couple runs, you want to explore it. You want to learn it. You want to see the characteristics of the slopes so that you don't get yourself into trouble uh, because it can happen there up on that terrain. Dan, what do you have off the backside at Big Sky? Well, off the backside at the at the top of Lone Peak, if you go down the North Summit, that's one of the most epic ski runs, I think, in the lower 48. It's a big, wide open slope. And that eventually drops you all the way down into moonlight. If you're skiing uh, moonlight and you want to hike into the headwaters terrain, uh, you're going to ski coolar after coolar after coolar. Uh, and again, in a really isolated situation where you're not going to be crowded, people won't be around you. Uh, and if you go towards up again, out of the basin, up the uh, eight pack, up Ram Charger, and then head off down to Thunderwolf. What you're going to find in Thunderwolf is some of my favorite skiing, moguls. You're going to find trees and you're going to find groomers. So that one lift is an entire ski area. Yeah. So Dan, do you still do moguls? I do. I can't, I can't stay out of them, Tom. I'm like, I just, I'm attracted to them. Uh, I don't bounce the way I used to, but boy, I still love them. Man, you are just crazy. Uh, let's let's take it down to operate time uh, down in the base village. I know that Big Sky has made some changes over the last few years to really create a, a great uh, small ski area vibe at a really big mountain. 
Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, our new redone Vista Hall uh, is has all the apre you need. There's a huge deck with heaters uh, and music pumping on weekends. It's a great atmosphere. And in the Mountain Mall itself, uh, out in the big patio area, you're bound to bump into locals just hanging out and having fun. What I like about the apres scene at uh, Big Sky is it's friendly. You just pop in. You meet people so easily. There's plenty of options. Uh, and the vibe is a real ski area. It's not snooty. Yeah. Uh, what's the, the, the overall village? Uh, there's lodging. There's opera. It's all right in the village concept right at the base, right? Absolutely. We have uh, great slopeside lodging and condos and hotels. Uh, and then also down valley into the the meadow. It's quite an experience down there with lots of uh, dining options and, and rooms. Now, we've talked a lot about the big mountain experience and going to the top of Lone Peak. But if I'm coming there with the family uh, or with others who are maybe not quite as experienced as I think I am, uh, what are the opportunities for them up on the mountain? This is what I think Big Sky is all about, is the diversity of the terrain. For families, we absolutely have it all. And a lot of our beautiful intermediate and beginner terrain starts at the top of Swifty and takes you all the way down. So, you know, if you ski Mr. K or one of those adjoining runs, you're getting a big mountain experience really at any level. Um, it is the sort of ski area where different abilities can ride the lift together, ski the same zone on different runs and catch back up. So you're not going to get, hey, you've got to go over there and I have to go over there. You can keep the unit together and have your own ski experience on the way down. Yeah. You know, one thing that's always important to me when I go to a resort is to sample the local beers. Yeah. Uh, do you have any local breweries up there we want to note? Uh, you know, there's, there's really, there's quite a few of them, uh, particularly down in the meadow. We have uh, the Lone Peak Brewery and others. Uh, and that's, you know, the last chair and, and, and other places like that. Uh, you're really going to love it, Tom. You're, you, you may, yeah, you're going to, you're going to skip off, go right down and enjoy that. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. Dan, you have given us such a succinct and concise uh, mountain tour. I hope people are getting all pumped to get out there with their mountain collective pass. And I want to wrap it up with a section that we call collective dreams, just a few favorites that you can throw out there. And I want to first start out and just ask you a question that has nothing necessarily to do with Big Sky, but you have skied literally all over the world. You've skied in countries most of us have never even heard of. What's the most exotic place or the most exotic experience you've ever had in skiing around the world? Well, you know, I've skied up in the Arctic twice, uh, 300 miles inside the Arctic Circle. Uh, I've skied down in the southern tip of uh, Argentina in Ushuaia. Uh, and I've skied in uh, Turkey and Lebanon. Um, but one thing that I've found, regardless of where I go, is that mountain cultures People in the mountains are just so united and bonded through this experience of winter. Um, and even in some of the most remote places on the planet, when it comes to gliding on and over and through snow, people are happy. And uh, that's the one thing that has kept me going to all of these places and keeps me going to uh, Big Sky and so many others is that it's the people, Tom. It's the tribe of skiing that I love. And I find that that's a common thread everywhere. 
You know, I love that you've brought that up because I've always felt the same way. And and I, I feel the skiing is really unique. You've worked in other sports too. I know you spent some time in sailing and all of these outdoor sports, they do have a sense of camaraderie, but I think that sense of family runs a lot deeper in skiing. No matter where you are in the world, it's the same basic principle. People are happy as skiers to get together and to talk about their experiences. You know, for me, skiing always brings me back and enters me back into my my youth. I get to touch that joy and the generational pull of skiing. You know, the fact that my grandparents taught my parents to ski. My parents taught me to ski. I've teach others to ski. I think that is really so unique to winter. Uh, that generational pull, we pass it on. And all of us feel that joy of a little giddiness, even from the first snowflakes to the last day on this hill. Yeah, just really well, really, really well put. Your favorite run at Big Sky, and I'm going to divide this into two categories. First of all, your favorite groomer run. If you're going to go out and we're just going to rip some GS turns, where are we going to go? Well, that's why I go right up to uh, uh, Ram Charger and ski on Andesite, uh, because from there, I have all of the steep uh, groomers I want. And I can really, what I call is the morning glide. I get out over my feet and can really tip them over on tippies and so many other runs right there. Uh, love I love that. Love that. Now we're on our second day with the Mountain Collective Pass. We're feeling pretty good. We're pretty warmed up. We want to have a real challenge. What's your favorite run for a good challenge up on the mountain? Our marquee run, Tom, of course, is the Big Coulard right off of Lone Peak. And, uh, you know, there's some some restrictions on skiing it. You need your AVI gear. Uh, you have to sign out. Um, and it's a legitimate run. Uh, you know, if you come into ski school, we'll set you up with a mountain guide and bring you down the big. Uh, the mountain guide isn't required, but if you're new to the area, it, it won't hurt and we'll get you there faster. But when you drop into the big couloir, you have over a thousand vertical feet of skiing alone with no, no moguls in a real big mountain situation with big walk, rock walls on either side. Uh, in all conditions, it's very challenging. Uh, and for me, it's just really, it always allows me to go back and touch the things that I love about skiing. Uh, confined places, you gotta be technically on it. And it's a challenge. I've seen some of the best skiers scratch their heads at the top. Well, those those are some great suggestions, and I know that our listeners are really anxious to get out there and try it this season. Uh, once the ski day is finished, your favorite opera spot for a pizza and a beer? I go right to the Vista Hall, right up to the second level. I hang out on the deck, listen to the music, catch up with friends, and, and you're right. I order a pizza and uh, kick back. It's a great place to take off your boots and just hang out a while. So when the other skiers who recognize that, oh, there's Dan Egan having a pizza and beer over there, are they going to come over and say hi and have you tell a few stories? You know, that's what I love about uh, skiing is the base, base lodge uh, conversations, right? That's what's great about chairlifts and base lodges. Uh, you come on over, I'll tell you a few stories and some of them will be true. It, don't <laughs> never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I always say, exactly. uh, last question. I know this one stumps a lot of people, but if you are thinking about the big sky experience, you know, what it's meant in your heart for all of these years to get on your boards there. What's one word, just one word that describes that big sky experience. You know, that one word for me is just, it's, it's a wholeness, uh, and it's a belonging. 
I love belonging to the community of Big Sky. Uh, it's a place that appreciates the mountain culture and the Alpine experience. I love it. Wholeness. Dan Egan, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. You have given us a fantastic tour of Big Sky, and we look forward to getting out there this winter. Tom, can't wait to see you on the hill, my friend. Wow, what an experience. We appreciate Dan Egan's inspiring tour of Big Sky Resort. Thanks again to Jalen Kauf of Grand Targi and Veronica Paulson from Jackson Hole, the queen of Corbett's Couloir. Heading home from Big Sky, it's a simple one-hour drive to the Bozeman, Montana airport. Get your airline ticket and lodging, grab your Mountain Collective Pass, and you're ready to go. Remember, you get two days included at each resort in your Mountain Collective Pass. With the pass, it's easy to put together collective treks just like this one, from Jackson Hole to Grand Targi to Big Sky. What a week. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. Watch for more episodes coming up soon. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, and I'll see you on the mountain this winter. Are you ready to build your own collective trek? The Mountain Collective Pass is your ticket to multi-resort skiing or riding. Get yours today at mountaincollective.com. You'll get two days at each participating resort, plus 50% off additional days. It is the perfect pass to take just one trip and be able to ski or ride at multiple resorts. Build your own collective trek today. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe to get every episode delivered directly to you. Watch for more episodes of Inside the Mountain Collective, and I'll see you on the mountain. <laughs>